Welcome to the Abbott Loop Community Church Podcast. For more information about Abbott Loop, visit abbottloop.org. Now, get ready for a message from Pastor Josh Tanner. Time to get that multitask and 100 billion neuron connecting priority arranging segment of your wonderfully constructed brain to contemplate this. Ever wonder how many handshakes take place in a day, how many hugs happen, how many one-to-one face-to-face conversations go on? What about glances, kisses, laughs, and prayers, ways we connect? And you, right there, right now. How are you connected to the person next to you, the people around you, your friends, your enemies, the strange dude at the mall? How about the movies you watch, the books you read, the messages all around you? And how do you connect differently than people connected in the past? So many thoughts, ideas, blogs, texts, posts, and tweets these days. Everybody wants to connect to someone or something. And the World Wide Web of Intersection and Connection has changed everything. Get this. One out of eight couples married in the U.S. in 2008 met through social media. Unfortunately, half will be divorced in five years, connected and disconnected. There are over 500 million active Facebook users who spend over 700 billion minutes per month clicking, posting, uploading, and downloading. An average user is connected to 80 community pages, groups, and events, and each person creates 90 pieces of content each month. Folks got a lot to share, a lot to say. So much that the average user spends 55 minutes per day, 6.5 hours per week, or about 1.3 full days per month on Facebook. And that's just people sitting around home because more than 200 million are on Facebook through mobile phones nowadays because long lost are the days of landline phones, busy tones, and yeah, Davy Jones. And speaking of cell phones, in 2004, 674 million were sold, which is 105 million less than the 779 million sold in 2005, which is nothing compared to the almost 4 billion sold in the last three years. Some people in the world who don't have toilets or houses have cell phones. People really want to connect. But wait, there's more. One trillion tech messages were sent in 2008, 1.5 trillion in 2009, and then it went up to 6.1 trillion just recently. That's a thousand texts per person for every person on the planet. That's a lot of connecting. Yet this hasn't even scratched the surface. There's over 50 million tweets per day, over 60 million LinkedIn people, and 43 million people still visit MySpace per month. Then there's however many millions on Ning, Tag, Meetup, Bebo, My Yearbook, and Friendster looking at everything from posts to pics to video. Speaking of which, it would take you over 27 years without sleeping to watch all the videos uploaded on YouTube just this week. Everybody wants to connect. Connect with a friend. Connect with family. Connect to the past. Connect to the future. Connect to God. Connect with God. The one who created connections, voices, images, ears, eyes, smiles, kisses, glances, faces, friends, music, color, stars, electricity, light, laughter, and love, just to name a few. Connect with him? And what does that mean? Well, you connect the dots. All right, good afternoon it is, right? Afternoon. Good to see you all today. This is our last message on connection and our connection series. And so I'm glad you made it out. Each one of us has this desire, this passion that is just burning inside of us to connect. And we, it's given to us by God. And this, this gap, this space, this kind of black hole in our heart that is pulling on something, we call it loneliness. And it's just pulling on this space and we want to connect. And we've wanted to connect for so badly that we've created all these platforms of technology to increase connection. But because the world around us has shifted so much, the communities have changed and the industrial revolution happens. And now we're looking at even this this video is like uh, showing us the data on the knowledge worker revolution. The information age has come upon us. We have more information than we've ever had in world history at our fingertips. We know more now at accelerated rates 
than anybody throughout all history has ever had. We have global, real-time information all the time, right? Somebody sneezes in Europe, and they catch it on video. We're like, oh, look at that. That's cool. You're like, how's this possible? I mean, it's unbelievable to think about it would take you 20-some years or whatever continuously to watch all the stuff uploaded on YouTube in one week. But this connection that we are experiencing, it's not bad. And this is why I don't want it to get a bad rap. It just is insufficient. It does not provide everything we need. Okay, there's a powerful platform and tool there that we can use. But what we've done and what we always do is when something new happens, we just saturate our life with it. We just run into it and we just fill up our whole life, right? The smartphone comes out and we're all just like, oh my gosh, forever. Until you start developing like some sort of neck problem from looking down and your thumbs now, now there's like, like text thumb is a thing. You go to the doctor for text thumb. Because I'm just trying to connect. Just need to connect. I watch some, and I'm not trying to pick on the young girls, but let's be honest, young ladies, your numbs are, your thumbs are, your numbs are thimble. Your thumbs are nimble. They are fast. Have you ever seen a girl? Some girls will be talking to you, and they're like, oh, yeah, and like, oh, they're talking to you, and then like, texting, pow, 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 just cranking them out. Pretty impressive, right? <laughs> but that connection leaves us longing. And the reason is, is you're designed for something. You are made by the master's hand. And there is a design. And when there's a design, there's always a designer. And you're made in perfection. God is perfect. He designed each one of us exactly the way he wanted. And every design has purpose. Like the Rubik's Cube. It has purpose to frustrate your life. Amen? Anybody ever played the Rubik's Cube? That is supposedly a game. <laughs> That's a game? No, that is a torture device. That's what that is. But some genius mathematician made this thing, this cube of death, this cube of frustration, and they designed it so that only mathematical algorithms and super math nerds would be able to figure it out. Intuitive, like, Social people, like we come in and we go, oh, I'm going to fix the Rubik's Cube. Good luck. You might fix two sides. That's it. But just intuitively figuring that out, if you don't understand the designer's intent and the algorithms, the patterns that he created, you're not going to solve it. Anybody here can solve a Rubik's Cube? Yeah, you can do one? Okay. I have my nephew. He is like a, a speed cuber is what they call him. He can literally like look at the thing. Doesn't matter. You mess it up like crazy, you make a big mess. He just goes, boom. I think he can do it in less than a minute. Yeah, it's beast mode. Every time. Does not matter how you give it to him. There are some speed cubers that can literally look at two cubes, blindfold them, and solve them in two separate hands not looking. Because it isn't about seeing it. It's about knowing the patterns. Knowing what makes it work. It's about understanding the designer's intent and then knowing how to work the principles, the patterns, the algorithms that solve the problem. You and I are connection-made machines and we're like these Rubik's Cubes and if we just try to figure out intuitively how to do relationship and connection based on our own intuition, we're just gonna end up in all kinds of frustration. 
You and I are designed to work patterns and codes, if you will, that God has set forward for us to apply to our life to produce life. So many of us are just like Pocahontas rowing down the river. And we think that as we get across just around the river bend, that it's all of a sudden gonna be magic over there. And all my connection problems and relationship problems are gonna be perfect. It is not just around the river bend. You don't just float your way into victory in your relationships. It doesn't work like that. You're a Rubik's Cube. This whole thing is a Rubik's Cube designed to frustrate your flesh. God made it on purpose to frustrate your flesh. This is why all these cool Bible passages that we love to, to read over and over again is like, die to yourself. Just... If you just lay your life down as a living sacrifice, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, you're not going to have real life. You're like, oh, my favorite. Your flesh hates those things because you're not made to float down the river and just see some magical thing come across the other corner. You're designed to row upriver. It's not just around the river, Ben. It's up the river. You're designed to row. You're made for work. You're made to work. And in that work, it provides something. Your work is a catalyst for connection. God designed work in your life, my life, to catalyze something very important to him and to frustrate your flesh. And when you begin to apply the principles of the kingdom that God has laid out in the kingdom, it is counterintuitive. It's not the way you just float. You don't just figure it out. You have to apply. Die to myself? That's not natural. That's not what you're like intuitively just gonna go do. It's like, oh, just give my money. I'm gonna like earn and work really hard and I'm just gonna give it away. Like who does that? You don't wanna do that. Your flesh doesn't wanna do that. It's like, no, I'm gonna hoard all this stuff. Come on. But we're made for more. We're made by design. We're made to connect, but not just connect for no reason, but with great purpose. And when we see this, we were talking about this kind of in the first message, is that this is about understanding part of our identity that you are made for something, and when you fall in love with that, then it brings alignment and fulfillment. I belong and I matter. And when you truly matter by doing, you execute that thing, then you get the fruit of that, which is the feelings of fulfillment. But that fulfillment that is a response to that created aching inside, that longing inside for connection that we call loneliness, it is designed to be motivated by an agent, and that is a love agent. And God gave that to you. It's his own nature. He is love himself, and he comes and crashes in your life and motivates you through love. And this love, when it says like Christ's love compels us or it controls us, this is the type of love that covers our ears so that we hear no other voice but the voice of the Holy One who's crowding out in our thoughts and feelings, imprisoning us to his will and urging our selfishness to suffer and be devoted to his unconditionally crazy love. His love is unconditional and it crowds out all of the other thoughts and thinking that are about ourself and it causes us to have this selfless, passionate pursuit of others that is kind of whacked out to our flesh. Our flesh goes, oh, I don't know what this is. It's rowing up river, guys. 2 Corinthians 5.13 defines this kind of crazy love. It says, it seems we're crazy, Paul says, 
but it's to bring glory to God. You should be a little crazy because God's love is motivating you to do stuff that no one would do otherwise. Love people unconditionally. Give up your life. Sacrifice from your own life to give to others expecting nothing in return. But you have to take responsibility to connect. It isn't somebody else's job. It's not my job or the teams that I lead or whatever to be responsible for your connection. If you're waiting for a program to roll down and just all of a sudden like connect you, you don't understand the algorithms to solving the Rubik's Cube. You're in charge. You're like, oh, I don't want to hear that. No, you didn't want to hear that? Nobody's flesh wants to hear that. You're in charge? Who wants to be in charge? It's responsibility and then wait and they have to do it and they have to show up. You got to show up because you're in charge. You're in charge of your own connection. And the reality is, is you can't wait for somebody else to do it. You've got to take charge, make it happen, build it and not give up. But you have to submit to this crazy love going on inside of you. He's drawing you in. He's motivating you and I and he's empowering us to have this kind of selfless love. And you and I need to give into this desire to make healthy connections that are life-giving, self-sacrificing, and kingdom-building because we're designed to be known and know others. And that passion is just pulling on us every day. But it is pulling on our spirit man, not our flesh. Our flesh wants to medicate that and temporarily fill it up with something easy that costs us nothing. You know you're headed towards real connection when it feels like rowing up river. This is hard. It costs me something. That cost, that payment is like the payment Jesus made on the cross for you and I. It cost him everything, his whole life, to have what was really important. And that's what we are called to model after. Same kind of sacrificial love. But we're designed to know and be known. And we have to practice, guys, specific principles. One of those principles, Pastor Mike Rue preached a message about hospitality. It's just a simple principle to practice that you and I do, that we open up our lives and homes to other people so that now they are included in. And you know what? That is not easy. We get our home, we're like, okay, this is going to be great. We're going to connect. And then we invite a family over. Like, and they have six kids, okay? I remember this one time, some of our friends, they, they were newlyweds, and they invited us over, and they forgot that they invited our whole family over. <laughs> Eight of us, right? <clears throat> and my kids are like me, man. They're like a, just a giant storm of fun. <laughs> and that fun has a cost. <sighs> the penalty is mess, all kinds of things. So I was juggling furniture, and it was something broke, you know, and my kids were wrecking things. But we showed up, I remember, and we were like, dong, dong. And they could hear, they were looking through the people, and they saw our whole family through the people. And I could hear them, and I could hear them talking, and they're like, oh, my goodness. Do you see how the men are out there? What's about to happen? 
they forgot. And they're like, what are we going to do? We didn't make enough food. You know, they had four little plates thinking just Joni and I were coming over. And then we're like, all the army is coming over to eat, you know. So we order pizza and we train wreck their house. They clean their house all up. We wreck it and we say, thanks a lot. Great connecting. See you later. We ate all your food and wrecked all your stuff, right? That's what connection, that's what hospitality looks like. <laughs> like this is the best. No, it costs you something. The connection left, it's what we're after. It's about the relationship, not the sacrifice. The sacrifice is worth it. You're made for it. If you and I don't break this code, break this intuitive nature that we have moved into, we've slipped into never seeing each other anymore. We walk into the church and we're just like, hey, what's up? And then church no longer has value and meaning because we're not working the principles. Work the principles that are, are being set in front of you to give you what your spirit really needs. But we're builders. We're builders by nature. And we have to see that we're made for this connection and we're made for building and believe it's our responsibility to connect and to build all the time. We gotta know where to build, on the rock that's Jesus, what to build, his church, how to build, with love, authentic relationship and authentic love, and when to build, which is now. This is what we were talking about last week. You should get that message and listen to it, but 1 Corinthians 3, 5 says, each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Paul's talking about that, that we all have work to do. And it's not just some of us do work. Like 20% of the church pretty much does all the work. Did you guys know that? <laughs> Don't feel guilty, but... You're missing out. Seriously, don't feel guilty. You're actually missing out on something God made you for, connection. You don't show up and go, I feel guilty for not doing stuff around the church or whatever. It's not even just around the church. There's something bigger than just the programs we do here. There are people that are lost and dying and need to hear Jesus lives, loves, and saves. They need to experience the power of his love through your relationship, through your connection. That is actually what we're doing. All the programs that we do are really about supporting that cause. We all grow while we do that. And everything else is just stuff in between, ideas and ways to do it. And if we're gonna, should be doing it different 10 years from now, 20 years from there, right? It's just stuff. People are what really matters, but we have to see that we're called for connecting and building. And if we all do it, that's when we begin to catalyze and release this unstoppable force. See, God is longing for us to figure out that we, the church, are his unstoppable solution for the world. And it's time to build. It's time to build. Our materials are love and authentic connection, right? Those are our materials. We got to build with what he gave us. But we gotta slow down to go fast. We can't stip, skip steps in building his church. If we do, we will have catastrophic consequences. Every connection matters, every person matters. We're not just trying to collect lots of people so we feel like something meaningful is happening. We must invest our lives to be a part of something real and worth trading our lives for. So think about it like this. We're not collecting, we're connecting. Each person at a time. That means you. How many people are you connecting with a week, a day? Not on Facebook, face-to-face, -face. right? Face-to-face -face in front of the good book. Hey, look at that. The good <laughs> Facebook, okay. The Bible, it's all good. <laughs> that one wasn't that awesome. But you're connected, you're designed to connect. And each one of us, this is what's fascinating to me, is that in our connection, um, we, we have this... Um, 
amazing ability in our flesh to find something to disagree about. You know, in <laughs> we are 99.9% .9 the same. Think about this. We all have the same organs. Some of us maybe lost a couple. We still had, when we started, pretty much all the same organs, right? We all have bodies. We all have spirits. We all have mind, will, and emotions. It's all the same. In fact, even in your feelings, basically, psychologists have discovered you basically only have eight. And you might be able to kind of define a few, but pretty much all your feelings come down to eight root feelings. Isn't that amazing? There's, they, they basically figure there's about 16 different personality types. And then, in the 0.01% of our differences, we have all such radical diversity. And somehow, in that 0.01%, we can create gigantic gaps and schisms in our church, in our cultures. Isn't it fascinating how over such a tiniest bit of difference, we can create so much division. But ultimately, even with race, we all are just adaptations from one origin. And we just get spread out all over all the world. And the world, whether we're in the north, made us white, we're in the south, made us dark to survive. You guys know this is true, right? We just adapted over thousands of years, and that's the only reason we have differences. We're the same. We got the same daddy way back. It's amazing. In a 0.01% of difference, we can create so much division. Even in Christianity about like what we believe theologically. I mean, we basically all believe the same thing, and then we'll sit around and argue about, well, you don't believe this or that and blah, 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 blah. Do people get saved by Jesus' blood or not? Well, yeah, they do, but let's argue about some more stuff. You're killing me. 0.01%? And we, we spend all this time arguing about it? We, and our flesh loves it. But the, the principles dictate that we don't float down the river the way our flesh tells us. No, we're going to row up the river with purpose by design. By the master's design, we're going to love each other because God made us as a body, one full, big, huge body to work together. Other churches aren't our competition. That we go divide them and collect. Ooh, I'm going to divide and collect. But we're called to connect, multiply. We're a resource to the world from the throne room of God. He made you his throne room. It's unbelievable. We need to make a shift in the way we think because we're made by the master's design and he gave us all this diversity to challenge our flesh. He split us all up and we believe in the tower of, time of Tower of Babel. He just like diffuses the languages and creates confusion and we just spread all over the world. But in the beginning, the original like splitting of thinking was when he made man and woman. You know this is right. Ain't no way we think the same. <laughs> so we look at each other like, we're like, you're an alien. And then God made us with this crazy connection in our heart to like be attracted and drawn to each other. I can't get away from you. <laughs> and made us so different. It's not on accident. That is on purpose to frustrate you. That's the Rubik's Cube of life. 
You're like, how do I solve this thing? Every caveman out there, mmm. Uh, woman, mind of woman, hmm, uh, boom. It's really not, <laughs> you can't solve it. You, you gotta work the algorithm. Love and connection, you give up your life to serve your wife. Ooh, that's a little rhyme, I just made it right there. Right, and it works the opposite way. The, 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 the woman gives up her life to serve her husband. Right? That is the, it's about dying to yourself and flesh, not figuring it out and understanding it. I'll do these. I've been working for two years to try to figure out how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Still haven't done it yet. And, but there are times when you go, okay, I know I'm supposed to do this algorithm. You get it to a certain place, then you go, rotate, 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 rotate. And you think, this is never going to work. And you're like, it worked. That's how marriage works, guys. It, you don't have to know and understand the other person. Connection works like this. Work the algorithm. God says, die to myself, love unconditionally, serve, right? That's pretty much it. Boom, look at that. Oh, I solved something. Operating humility, that was probably another one I was probably trying to think. How about humility? Oh, a little humility. Under, seek to understand before you're understood. <laughs> mm. All of a sudden, relationships start to work. Connection starts to happen because we work by the designer's uh, plan, all right? The designer has a plan. We gotta work it. It always starts with the motive of love. Look at this, Romans 12, 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tight to what's good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. What? Come on. This is the code. we got to plug it into our connection. God give us the desire for it in our spirit. And we're just like, I need this. I'm longing for it. You're always not fulfilled. But you have to do this. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight, genuinely delighting in honoring other people and lifting them up. But if it's fake, if it's not real, if it's not genuine, saying you don't really connect your heart with other people, then it's gonna feel shallow. And people will show up and be like, why would I go do all that other stuff when I don't experience the thing that my heart is really longing for? The world says that, oh, it connects. Go to a lodge, join a basketball group, you know, start a, go, go to be in a ski team or whatever, go to a book club, doesn't matter what it is. We say, oh, we're gonna do connection, get on Facebook, do all that, fill and flood your life. It's still empty if you don't have Jesus, this vertical connection with Jesus and a horizontal connection with other people that know him. We're made for that, we're designed for that, until we experience that connection, this vertical and horizontal connection, we're gonna be lost and empty. We're gonna continue to not experience fulfillment. But it comes from a genuine affection, loving each other, honoring each other, holding tight to what's good. And here in verse 11, one of my favorite verses, and I know, I, I don't, maybe you switched, you, you switched them because you're amazing. I gave her the wrong version in the first service. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Love to tell my kids this all the time. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying when God's people are in need. Be ready to help and always be eager to practice. What? Hospitality. 
practice, like I'm going to go to practice to learn how to dribble shoot. Yep, you're going to practice. That means it's hard. That means you don't want to do it. Show up 6 a.m. to go to practice. You're like, that's not awesome. Practice hospitality. Practice opening your life up for connection. It's a discipline for a connecting, a, a something that has greater value, that has enough value for you that you're willing to sacrifice to get it. Never be lazy. This is the key. We never be lazy, but we work hard. That's one of the algorithms to life, to solving one of life's greatest uh, needs is in, in our soul is to work hard. To work hard at something God put in front of us that's important. That's building his kingdom with his church. Working together, guys, while we're filled with the love of God, that we know we're made for connection, we know we're made to build, but God gave us this cool thing that when we work together, it catalyzes connection. When we work together, it just speeds it all up. It may accelerates it. It makes it just like start ripping and going. And all of a sudden, we're having all these memories and all this stuff while we're building something meaningful for the Lord. This crazy thing happens in our lives is that when we think and dream about the future, see, we dream about the future, we imagine the future, it plays in the movie screen of our mind. And when we think about the future things, we get this all the same positive feelings and or negative ones of whatever it is that we're thinking about. And then when we experience it, we experience those feelings, whether they're good or bad. And then when we move on, that's in the present, then we move on to the, and we look in the past and we remember the event, we experience the same emotions again. It's kind of fascinating. God, again, God designed us this way for purpose. Watch what happens. If you do this all by yourself and you have this, you, you design this cabin, you're gonna go build it. I'm gonna go build this cabin and I build the thing. And then I go, you know, I dream about it, I plan it, I do all by myself, and then I go build it. And then years later, I think about, oh, remember when I built that cabin? Yep. The only person you can tell is in the mirror. Remember? Yep. Yeah, I remember that, Josh. That was amazing, Josh. Yeah, cool. Good job. And the only time that memory ever pops up is when I think about it myself. And it never affects community around me. But you know, when we build together, especially build in the kingdom, something radically amazing, crazy happens, is if we build something in the natural, then we get this experience of dreaming about it and planning it, and we all dream about it, and we get the experience of connecting and all the positive emotions about the thing we're going to go do. Then we go do it, and then we experience those positive emotions again together, and then when we're off and we're in our communities and we're talking and we're hanging and having dinner, and we say, oh, remember when we did that together? Yeah. This is where the real power comes in. Together, we're remembering that thing again, and we get all the same positive connections and emotions as if it just happened. And it brings our teams, our, our, our communities together, together, together all the time. For decades and decades, that one thing we chose to do together catalyzes our connection and community, not just while we're all alive. If we do it for Jesus and it has eternal value, when we get to heaven, even there, it's still at work and it becomes part of our reward. It's unbelievable. And we get all bent out of shape of the 0.01% of differences we have when we have that to work together among us. Look at some of these photos of some time that we spent together. This is some of my work life in ministry. 
This is what ministry looks like to me, a dirt hole. If you're wondering, dirt holes is what youth ministry is all about. We started building this thing. We built this huge, this camp. We had this huge medieval uh, arena. And then for a midnight event, we dug this big hole. And look what we turned it into. We did this in one day. That's a heated swimming pool. <laughs> midnight party. This is when it starts at midnight. And we just keep rolling. Look at this connection happening. Having fun, a smile on your face, serving Jesus. And everybody needs an elevated DJ booth. You can't have an event without one of those. And people that are faceless, right? <laughs> Nameless, faceless. That's the future church. Then you invite all the kids in there and get them saved, all right? We had at least 40 kids get saved at this camp. I don't remember how many it was. Tons of kids baptized in the Holy Spirit. But this is the kind of memory you don't forget. And then if you think they might forget it, you just do volleyball, you add a water slide, and then when the water slide thing, everybody's done having fun on that, you pump some foam into it, right? Why not? Make a memory. And then you do all this, and then guess what you do after that? You fill it all back in. Yeah. And then it's just a dirt pad again. <laughs> all in one day. You guys should sign up for camp. Yeah. <laughs> all right? The, this is super fun to do. And the kids never forget it. And then after this thing is over, all they do is think about, I can't wait to go to camp again. It's going to be amazing. But the workers, this event has two purposes. One, yes, it is for students. But first, it's for the people working. The, what I discovered is that when we do this, we, we dream about it. You know how much time it takes for us to dream about this kind of stuff? Like our team, dreaming about it. I remember these guys come to me and they go, hey, Josh, can we heat a water? Can we make a heated water pool outdoors? I go, this is exactly how the conversation goes. I'm going to my party. Any of the dreaming, they, they go, they, I'm walking down the hall. They go, Tanner, get in here. And I'm like, what? They go, can we heat water outdoors in a pool in one day? I go, of course you can. They go, how do you do it? I go, I don't know. <laughs> True statement, right? I go, call Jake Strumpler. <laughs> Boom. Jake gets involved, heated water pool. And we keep heating water outside because we figured it out. Now we heat water all the time. Jake Strumpler, power of plumbing. <laughs> intelligent design, right? There's a plug for intelligent design. Next slide. Okay, we build more than just camps, but this is where it starts. That's our youth pastor right there. That's what youth ministry looks like. Youth ministry looks like chopping a log. But that log has purpose because it means connection with the teams as we build, and it means kids getting saved, people, human beings that matter to Jesus getting saved, coming to know Christ, and built into a family that's connected. I know kids, people that got saved at our camps, now serving at our camps, now running our camps. One's Mariah Anderson. She's right there. She runs all the camps. She got saved at one and got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then started just participating and then became a leader and slowly worked down. She's in charge of the whole thing. Praise the Lord. Because I don't have to do it anymore, right? <laughs> I can show up and play. Actually, this is play for me. Work is actually play. If you begin to see work as play, your life's gonna completely change. That was really annoying. That's a Rubik's Cube. This building was a blessing and a Rubik's Cube that we had to figure out. We had all this stuff. That, look, at, there's my pastor right there, Pastor Rick B. But this is what it's about. It's not about the building. I want you to go back one. 
It's about that connection right there for me. This building and my responsibility is about that man right there, his family, family, pastor before him, and what we're building next. And it's about the pastors coming after. That's what we're really building. The work catalyzes this. Next slide. This is my brother-in-law. He's really the genius behind making it all happen. Poor guy. I think he lost about 10 years of his life trying to solve these problems. <laughs> and look at this. We just, that, that's that beautiful hallway you walk in right down there. Stripped it down, all the way down. Sometimes you gotta bring it back down, right? Sometimes there's a mess in church and you gotta clean it up. It isn't about it being perfect. It's about willing to get it done. There's my daughter, Maggie, and her friends, right? Making a connection. Look at how much fun they're having, working. <laughs> Teach them right. There it is. That could have just been put on for a second, but I go back to life. There you guys had fun. You were singing, having fun. All right, next slide. Then we had a little mess on our hands here. That was a tiny little problem that came our way. That was our worship space. You probably guys seen way too many photos of that along the way. But then we had to go to work on it. Sometimes a mess shows up, and we started to clean it up and put it back together. And it looks pretty awesome right now. Someday, we're going to finish it. If I had $3 million, right? If I had $3 million. But this is what it's about right here. It's about connection. It's about people for me. It's about building generations of leadership, building generations of people to serve and encounter the power and the presence of God. Come on. We gotta see what God made us for. We gotta have purpose and understand and come into alignment with the purpose of his design. Made it with a purpose. And we just go after working together. And when we do that, it, it brings us together over and over again as we remember. Oh, remember when the building collapsed? <laughs> And how we solved all those problems together, and we work together to get it done, and then we keep remembering that, and it pulls us together and over and over again. And we think about, I mean, summer camps are so easy for us because we've been doing them, you know, for almost 18 years. I've been doing summer camps in this church specifically, just year after year, better and better, and making connections with more and more leaders, and seeing people's lives transformed for the kingdom. And all of that matters, and it pulls us together as we remember all the events and all of the dynamic, difficult things that we had to overcome and do together. But that, that pulling together, that working together produces good things. It produces kingdom life, and it catalyzes your connection. It makes it happen fast. If you feel like, oh, I'm disconnected, and I really want to have a connection in church, start working. Get alongside people and start working and building that connection. It's the fastest way to make it happen. God designed it that way so we'd be about his purposes and building eternal connections forever. But we have to do the counterintuitive thing and begin rowing upstream to accomplish the purposes God called our spirit man to do, not our flesh man to do. Flesh man submits to spirit man. And we go do the important things through discipline and through work ethic. And we do it every single day as we get up, wake up, we show up every single day to invite people to encounter the love of God. You can serve anywhere, anytime. But the thing that I encourage you to do is keep your heart set on the labor that God puts in front of you. He gives each one of us labor, but he's called, for us, called us all to build the church. There isn't some other thing that you're going to discover that you're supposed to build. Well, the church is the old thing. That's the old wineskin. No! 
it is the new wineskin. Jesus made one new wineskin, guys, in the new covenant. Period. That's not like a principle you get to apply over and over again. The whole wineskin teaching is about the new covenant. And in the new covenant, he made the church. Jesus made the church. You don't get to change that. And it isn't about us meeting in a building. It's about us being connected and encountering the Holy Spirit together as love vertically and then sharing his love horizontally. But your vertical connection with God is completely linked and tied to your horizontal connection with others. And it's like these two uh, ends of a bar that are like connected with rings. Anybody ever build something and you like have to scoot one side up and then the other side up and then when you get a little bit of stuck, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Tap, 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 tap. Oh. Tap, 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 tap. Tap, 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 tap. And then it's like, and then it gets stuck. You can't go anymore. And then it goes up a little bit more, right? A bar connected to two different sub things or whatever. I just could not think of a real thing that's like this. But I feel like I've done this a lot of times in my life. You know? I just thought forever. I'm like, I know I've done that so many times. You're like, try to get it all up on one side. It won't go. And you got to go on the other side. And then if you grab it in the middle, you're like, you can like slide things up perfectly. It happens everywhere. I just can't think of any places specifically. This is the horizontal and vertical connection you have with the Lord and with others. You, you, you get stuck relationally with people, you need a vertical connection with the Holy Spirit. You get stuck in your relationship with the Lord vertically. You're like, oh, I want more encounters with the Lord. He doesn't love me anymore. He still loves you. Stop asking dumb questions. Does Jesus love me anymore? He forgot about you. That's crazy thinking. No, he's always there. You gotta go make a horizontal connection. He so he wants us to build this way while we go this way. They're connected. You don't get to just do one. It's by his design. It's part of the Rubik's Cube. You gotta do the plan by the master's design. You don't get to make it up yourself. Just gonna do Jesus my own way. All right, good luck being lonely. Gonna be alone, don't be alone. You're not made to be alone. Think souls, think souls, think souls, think discipleship. He said, go make disciples. Matthew 28, come on. He said, go make disciples, go make disciples. Go lead people to Jesus. Tell them about me. This is the primary work that we need to be about. And I want this church to get on a mission this year that we are looking at this, that there is a spot next to you, not just an empty seat, but you have a spot and it's a disciple that needs to hear about Jesus and they need to be sitting next to you and you're the one teaching them and helping them grow. And this services and the things we do is just a part of our community that catalyzes your connection with that person. Who is it? Where are they? I'm going to be looking. Are you bringing somebody? We should all be bringing somebody that doesn't know Jesus. And we should be discipling them and not just continuing to just serve. Go get signed up in the children's ministry. Build connections. We need that. Sign up in the youth ministry. Serve there. You need to do that. But more than just that, that and, you've got to start telling people, meeting people that don't know Jesus and inviting them into your life and your community because they need him. It is your responsibility to make that connection. I'm just encouraging you. Um, I, I want to see this church become an evangelistic machine, and I don't have to start a program. Please don't make me start another program. <laughs> you are the program. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. No matter what job I take, I still tell people about Jesus all the time. It's my job. That's your job. we got to make this connection. 
Philippians 2, I'm going to close with this, and the worship team can come out. I know you guys are waiting for me. There's like, when is he going to stop? <laughs> never, I'm never stopping. Worship, uh, or Philippians 2, 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing of the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Jesus' mindset was to draw people and connect them into the kingdom. We need to have that same connection, that same, that same mindset to connect people through a love, selfless love, bringing them in to connect over and over and over again. Amen? Amen. Will you close your eyes with me for a moment? If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is the best day of your life. You get a chance to connect with the God of eternity who designed you masterfully with purpose and plan to be connected into his body. It's super simple. You just have to believe that Jesus is God and confess with your mouth. Just speak it. And we call that prayer, that Jesus is Lord and invite him into your life. You'll be saved. Happens in a blink of an eye. You're made for that connection. If you're here today without having to get out of your seat or do anything radical, all you gotta do is raise your hand. I'll pray with you right in your seat and you can know the living God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I wanna get saved. I wanna give my life to Jesus. We just stretch your hand up. Anybody here, Jesus, I'm ready to receive you. Give my life to you. Jesus, I wanna choose you today. Anybody here? All right. We're gonna pray this together anyway. Pray this with me, church. Say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I declare you as God. Fill me with your love. Change my life forever. Save me. Amen. I want you to be thinking about how are you going to make connection, right? I'm just going to pray this over us. and What's going to shift? I'm just going to hear a message like this and stay the same. Father, we're praying that you would change us. You'd make us a community, an army that is just willing to go out and work and work hard together and experience the power of the connection you made us for, God. Will you pour out your spirit on each one of us, God? Release your spirit of evangelism and love and connection over your body. We, we just embrace rejection as we embrace you, Jesus. Lord, we embrace it. We don't care about it anymore. We're overcomers of rejection in Jesus' name. And we embrace the love relationship we have with you because, God, we're going to have more connection in eternity and even as a church than any, reje any rejection could ever take from us. So, God, we embrace your love today. Let it compel us to do great things together in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. We hope to see you soon.